guys, it's Brooke Eagle, and we are back with another episode of the Forsyth Magazine's podcast. And today I have Smart Start of Forsyth County. I have Dr. Finney, the CEO, and Marvin, the Director of Advancement. Hey, guys. Hello, how you doing? How are you? Good. I'm glad y'all could come chat with me today. Absolutely. And help everybody learn about Smart Start a little bit. So I want to kind of dive right in for people who may be kind of unfamiliar with, with Smart Start. What exactly is Smart Start of Forsyth County and what is the your, your guys' mission? Great question. Uh, Smart Start actually was founded by Governor Hunt about 26 years ago. Uh, what he envisioned is that the state really need to invest in early childhood. Uh, so what he created was a statewide organization called the North Carolina Partnership for Children. And what the governor decided that was really important that you have community input as, as far as how funds are distributed in the county. So in every jurisdiction, you actually have 70, 72 wow. smart starts across the state. And we're One probably, per county. Well, not correct. quite every Even county. the smallest counties have them. Yeah. We're probably about the fourth largest in the state. Wow. And we serve several roles. Uh, one of our roles is managing the NC pre-K program. And many, many of y'all might have saw signs that said, sign your kid up for NC pre-K, mm-hmm. school buses, and so forth. That's actually a program that funds the public schools, an organization called Family Services, uh, but also multiple child care centers. Okay. And that's for four-year-old. Another thing that we do as well is we set the rating system. In every state, actually in almost every state, we have what's called a quality rating system. So when you're out there getting looking at pre-K services, it's really important that parents ask certain questions. And one question you want to ask is about accreditation. You also want to know about star rating. Mm-hmm. And star rating is three, four, and five. And what we ensure is that these centers have three, four, and five ratings before we give out public money. Mm, okay. So what that means is that these classrooms have an assessment tool to assess these children. They have created curriculum, so they have, actually have an evidence-based curriculum. They actually have teachers with degrees, teacher assistants that are supportive as well before you invest in that money. And our job is charged with is making as many of those possible in Forsyth County. Okay. Another role we do is we also fund multi- multiple nonprofits. And we fund them through multiple things like child care subsidies. So we give out scholarships to parents who can't afford child care. Mm-hmm. Roughly close to about $2 million goes out directly to them. In Forsyth County? <clears throat> yes. Wow. And it's just for parents. Yeah. Just vouchers. Another thing we do is we fund individual programs. We have staff whose main job is to go out into the child care centers and work with their teachers to help them with licensing, inspections, mm-hmm. make sure the curriculum is okay, make sure the parents are happy, and support those private child care centers. Yeah. We also contract out to do family engagement. We have programs that work with infants and toddlers, our parents as teachers, our work with fathers. So it kind of varies on a lot. We also have a program now that just started that's a data hub that's looking at the whole system and managing early childhood throughout our county. Okay. And I like to not tell the superintendent this as well, and she concur, is that our main job is to make her job easier. Mm-hmm. To uh, prepare, we, get them prepared. You got it. Because all yeah. the evidence says the first 2,000 days are pretty much lost, and that's the best time a child learns anything. And the reality is your brain wow. function. Say that one more time. So the, the first, <laughs> first 2,000 2000 days, days of your life. Of your life is when you're going to learn the most. Wow. And really about 85% of your brain is, is used up. And mm-hmm. that can be, I mean, just vastly impacted based oh, on. Oh, you got it. Yeah. I mean, I think people, it's starting to become so much more of a, a well-known issue and topic. But I think that 
in the past, parents have thought, you know, years and years ago that that time doesn't doesn't oh, no. matter. They're not in school yet. It's oh, no. fine. You got about fifteen percent of your brain left after age after age four and a half. Yeah, and I mean they so. can be they can they can be set up for success and start out, you know, with kindergarten going strong. Or if they're like way behind, that's gonna, it's going to be really difficult for them to get caught up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would imagine. Absolutely. So our job is to help that transition into kindergarten, uh, but also to support the programs to do the work. Yeah, and particularly the private childcare industry because. Across the country, but particularly in our state and our county, it's, they've suffered dramatically during COVID-19. Mm. So another part of our job, even during COVID, we stayed open with the private child care providers. Yeah. And what we found at first, when it first hit, about 38% of every facility was closed. Wow. Then at the same time, we found that 52% were open and never closed at all. Because they were serving the people who are serving the people, like the firefighters, and you got to have child care. I mean, they have to go to work. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's a critical job. And, I, and from sure. me, my perspective, I think I have the most important job in the county. Yeah. Because we're taking care of your children. So we really need you all to pay these teachers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are some things, um, and we, I want to come back to what you, were, what you were saying, but what are a couple things that you see parents doing for their kids who are under four that you wish they would do differently or things that they're doing well that you wish every parent would do? Um, to set their kid up for success before they start kindergarten? Well, I think first is is the engagement, uh, particularly with infant toddler care. Uh, parents are the first teachers. Uh, <clears throat> we're a strong believer, but also the research just states that parents are the first teachers, not our teachers. Yeah. Uh, so first is the parents understanding what their role is. And particularly with infant toddler care, that's where you get the most parent engagement. But the reality is it's extremely expensive. Uh, and, and on average... Parent paying for actually babysitting or childcare or any type of facility is almost equivalent to rent, mm. especially for an infant toddler. So the average cost you're, you're talking is anywhere between seven hundred to a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, per toddler. Preschool is about six hundred. So when you got two to three kids, you're talking almost two thousand dollars a month to take yeah. care of. So a lot of parents have to really make a choice, and we have that situation now too, where they might just not work at all. And that's where it sometimes become a workforce issue as well. And what we found in our community is that it's impacted the workforce dramatically. Mm-hmm. People having to make a choice because, one, we don't have an option to put our child in child care, but we have many people have actually just quit their jobs to take care of their children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think another part of our role on top of the educational piece and school readiness piece is, is work, workforce. Um, we found that there's been major companies across the country who decided to just partnering with the other companies just to pay for child care for their work. Ah. And they found that it was benefit. It, that was a better benefit than even sometimes health benefits. Oh, for some sure. Of families. Yeah. Child and, care uh, is expensive. Yeah, it's yeah. very expensive. And if you can get on, say, your spouse's health insurance, get it at an agency that's going to pay for your child care, that's a decision making that people make for their jobs. And, oh, absolutely. And it used to be a time that it was mostly a women's decision, but we're finding a lot of women head of households Fathers working from home, single parent households. So the dynamics have changed. Oh, yeah. And that's where it's kind of critical for us not to look at child care, or I call it education, as it was 25 years ago, when you had one, one check could pay for an entire family. It's yeah. just not realistic. You need two working people. Oh, yeah. So I want to talk about um, Marvin mentioned an event or a campaign that you guys have coming up. 
that is 28 for 28. So, Marvin, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So, 28 for 28, um, I was watching ESPN one night, and I said 30 for 30. Well, it just hit me, 28 for 28, because we're in our 28th year uh, with Smart Start Forsyth County, as Lewis stated. I mean, we, we were founded in 1994, and we are we're actually one of 75. We're actually one of 75 partnerships under the North Carolina Partnership for Children umbrella. And I wanted to find a, a different way in raising funds and just um, pretty much go towards not just children, but also the classrooms, their development, uh, and also help the teachers with their materials as well. So bringing in new supplies, new ways for children to have developmental um, things for them to grow, uh, essentially, mm-hmm. not just with literacy, but also um, with their hands-on, so cognitive. And then we also just wanted to find just a new way because we got tired of seeing the iPads and the Samsung tablets go out. We said we need to go back to the basics mm-hmm. and actually work with the five motor skills and the gross motor skills and actually bringing the kids together with collaborative play. So oh, that's, that's I love that from. because – it's kind of scary when you think about it. I, you know, when I was a kid and when you were a kid too, mm-hmm. we didn't have iPads, right. and so it's almost scares me to think that when they're two years old, that they're already starting with computer screens, and that they do miss out on some of the old school traditional um, ways of learning beyond yeah. a screen. Yeah, we. I mean, there's there's just perks, and also there there's just cons to having the iPad and Samsung uh, tablets as well. I mean, they they pick up on of phonological sounds to help them with music and help them with words, but also you want them to be able to read as well. So that's why we thought, well, if we bring in the books and bring back in things with arts and crafts for them to read and touch and actually work with their, again, fine motor skills, they'll be able to be uh, developmentally ready for uh, the next step in their life. Yeah, I think that's crucial. She didn't mention where we go back to where we have abacuses. <laughs> you guys didn't have iPads growing up? Come on now. No. I'm, you didn't have I'm, computers. I'm Samsung all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. So I keep saying iPad. I'm an Apple girl. But there's, Absolutely. there's Samsung, too. There's other other Ooh, products. Samsung's right. Well, yeah, and yeah. I think, I think yeah, like you said, Marvin, There's the technology is great in some ways for mm. education, but I think it's super important to... Like you said, go back to basics and, and utilize those fine motor skills because when you're that under four, that is that crucial time to, that your brain learns all of those things. Yeah, and one thing we didn't mention is our Dolly Parton Imagination right. Library. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. that. Absolutely. So if you do not know about Dolly Parton Imagination Library, it's actually one of the initiatives that Dolly Parton founded uh, back in, I believe, 93 because she saw that her father was actually, he had literacy issues as a child growing up. Huh. So in her hometown in Tennessee... She wanted to bring in something that could help children with literacy. So she developed this program, and she pretty much watched it grow. Um, now, they, I think they've, they're in, like, four different countries now. Wow. Um, and right now, we are currently serving about 13,000 children here in Forsyth County, and we're still trying to grow. We still, we're still we trying to reach about 85%. Right now, we're, we're about, like, 70 uh, that's so impressive. That's a, are, that's a good number. We are growing uh, tremendously with that program. Uh, we actually have our community education and outreach coordinator. She's working really much in that in that role as well. Yeah. Um, so that that program by far has actually been one of my like greatest programs to look at. Uh, not just because of the books that are going out, because we also have books that are going out in Spanish. We also have books that that are just pretty much pictures for the children that are pretty much uh, just born. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that 
that program has just been like the bread and butter because we we're, we're watching families grow with literacy, not just children. Yeah. Oh, literacy and reading to your kids is so huge. My uh, my degree is actually in elementary education. Okay. That's another another story for another day. But <laughs> you, can um, work, you can come work with us. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm such a big believer. I remember one of my literacy professors was all about you know when. There's not, there's never too young of an age to start re, you know, show them the picture books, let them flip through them, Mm -hmm. let them narrate their own story about the pictures and the books. And it just Mm -hmm. makes that process so much smoother and easier the younger that they start and the more engagement they have with their parents who Mm -hmm. are reading to them and showing them that books are, um, are important and and make it a part of their life at home. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love to see what you guys are doing. 28 for 28. Any other campaigns? Oh, before we go off 28 for 28, how can our listeners go about donating to that or helping with that? Absolutely. So we actually just created our flyer last week, and we're going to be having it on all of our social media as well. We're going to be just putting it out in the news, uh, the newspapers, newsletters, and we're going to be sending that out to the community as well. Okay. Uh, because we want everyone to know where their where their money is going. Their money isn't going in our pockets. It's not going to the organization. This is going to children. This is going yeah. to centers. Uh, to pretty much help their educators and the children develop. Uh, not Like I said, it's not just for the children to develop, but also the teachers, because once those teachers get those hands-on uh, activities, they'll be able to develop with those children and then pretty much bring in their relationship. Yeah. So your tell us what your website and or your social media handles are. Absolutely. So smartstart-fc.org is okay. our website, and you can always find us at smartstart of Forsyth County on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, cool. So give them a follow so you can learn all about their their campaigns. It's such an important important cause to mm-hmm. to help with and to just learn more about. I think you, the big thing with you guys too is just educating mm-hmm. our public um, that one, you guys are here, mm-hmm. and two, what they need to be doing with their kids and what they need to be doing with you know educating their friends about their kids. Mm-hmm. That are under that under that four year old age group. Yeah, and, al- and also two other uh, programs that we recently started that were funded through KBR and the state is, and it's the first of its kind. It's how we call it Roots, but it's a program about adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And what we're charged with is starting a coalition of parents mm-hmm. specifically to be able to get them to understand what Aces is, Aces is, and Aces is something actually that most people actually, regardless of income and so forth. Most people had an adverse childhood experience. What they haven't dealt with is how to deal with that to make them successful. Mm-hmm. So what, we, what we're charged with in this county is working with our preschool-aged parents. And we have a counselor as well as a director who runs the project to really get these parents to understand what this means mm-hmm. and how they should use our resources to really advocate for their children, but also seek help if they're having issues with dealing with their adverse childhood experiences. So let's go back to that. For people who just have never heard of ACEs, I've heard a little bit about it. So give us some, do you have any statistics that come to mind? And what are some examples of these adverse childhood experiences? I'll start with both. Statistically, about 70% of all children and families have had some adverse childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. In some cases, it's higher depending on the community. Mm -hmm. And it really crosses across income gaps, too. And and some examples could be uh, growing up in domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, not getting enough food by growing up, uh, child abuse, witnessing witnessing your parents or siblings fighting, uh, a parent in jail, uh, mm-hmm. for example. So it kind of varies, and some of it could just simply be uh, 
your parents were maybe beating you more than they should have, and this is how you reacted right now. Mm-hmm. And there's actual tests that you can taste, you can actually take online, very simple. Anyone could take if you kind of Google ACEs to kind of determine where your rating is at. Even me, I'm, I'm one of those ACEs. You know, I, I failed the test. You'd be yeah. quite surprised by the questions of how many people that you, you think is okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but then you realize that sometimes you're, you should use your ACEs to be a strength and an opportunity. Mm. So that's also part of what this is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, because I think any sort of trauma, no matter how big or small, can can definitely affect you later in life too. So to correct to kind of be aware of it, I think is good. And the timing came pretty good because we found a lot of this came through COVID, uh, particularly with people sitting at home, mm. really getting to know how much they did not like each other. Yeah. <laughs> who lived in the same household. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or didn't like being around each other, and particularly with children who had adverse childhood experience because of lack of education and how school lack of school impacted them. Mm-hmm. And then we have also have a child care health consultant program. Mm-hmm. So we actually have health consultants that work in the private child care industry to kind of help them with health issues, looking at physicals, uh, working to support the teachers to make sure that they're helping with their licensing and inspections and so forth. Okay. And so we found that that was a major need with some of our centers that were closing, <clears throat> but also the private child care doesn't really have the resources that, say, the school district may have or Head Start Classroom has. So... We've invested in having health consultants to work with that childcare industry. Okay. Where do you take the assessment for the ACEs? Uh, you can take it. We actually going to have our have our own, but actually, you can actually Google that. I don't know the exact website, but if you Google ACEs, ACEs assessment, yes. maybe. Are you ready yeah. to take yours now, right? Now? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, because you know, I I always t- I had the most perfect childhood that I could imagine. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, maybe I'm wrong. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. My memory said, but I don't remember if anything was too bad. Yeah, there's but, certain, yeah. yeah, there's certain key <laughs> indicators though that you know you may think it was really great. Yeah. But this, what this program helps you do is also cope it, and we have a licensed counselor as well who's an expert in that, as well as a project director. That when we find that there's some parents who have some issues they'll get professional help that we'll be supporting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that because, you know, the past is done. So you Correct. can't, nothing you can really do to change it. But for mm-hmm. these parents to be proactive Correct. and learn how they can do different and be better for mm-hmm. their own children, I think mm-hmm. that's a such an important important mission that, that you guys are helping with. Thank you. Yeah. So we have a couple more minutes left. Any last things that you want to let the let our listeners know about Smart Start or um, a misconception maybe about about Smart Start or just any last words that you can think of. Well, I think I think one misconception sometimes people assume that we are for uh, at risk children or disadvantaged children or poor children. We're actually for all children. Mm. <clears throat> so that's one thing I want to put out there that our job is to support the entire system in early childhood. Mm-hmm. And I think secondly, our job is also to be on the forefront of total access of all people to have free preschool. <clears throat> One thing that's critical that our county does a really good job through the preschool initiative is trying to really stress the importance of universal access regardless of what your income is. Uh, yes. uh, so we are proud that the county has agreed to support a pre-K initiative of funding through their ARPA dollars with a whole new consortium of groups that Smart Start is working with and they actually are giving us some funds in the near future to actually look at a great model to try to start 30 classrooms or support 30 classrooms in the future. So one good thing, I want to really give some shout out to the county, but also the preschool initiative, really seeing preschool as an investment 
mm-hmm. and them investing $3.7 million uh, new dollars to help support pre-K for all children in our county. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And pre-K is four years old, three years old? When four can you year st- old. Four year old. Four year old is when you start pre-K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But ideally, uh, there's still a lack for infant toddler care. Yeah. Because it is expensive. Yeah. Very it's, expensive. It's, it, and like you said, it's it's a shame that people have to make that decision. Like, okay, do I just have to stay home because mm-hmm. I can't afford to send my kids to mm-hmm. child care? I agree. So. Now, I'm sure it's not the full version I'm on NPR.org, and they had one, and mine was a zero. So, okay. what's the, what is the scale? There's zero to 100? It varies. Some of them vary. It might be zero to 10. Oh, okay. So, you're a zero? I'm a zero. Oh, good to well, go. Well, that's yeah. great, Tim. <laughs> Call your parents up tonight. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, and it was asking, so people know, it's asking, before your 18th birthday, did this happen? Did this happen? Did you ever feel? Did you ever have? Was this a situation? And... No, for me, yeah. for me, it was yeah. no. I think but, it's a great assessment. I think everybody should consider mm-hmm, taking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only like, for me, I'm sure this was, again, the small test, just the sample. Yeah. Uh, there was only like seven questions. Okay. But, oh, yeah. uh, you need to take the comprehensive test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, more, the more extensive version. Yeah. Yeah. Because we might bring you to our meeting. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is an example of a zero. Zero. <laughs> Perfect. The only time that a zero is good. I, I'm Tim. I look like Santa Claus. Yes, he but, does. But um, my ACE I, score is zero. My ACE score was zero, and, and I love everything about my, my childhood. But um, yeah, yeah, that's a blessing, truly. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for coming to chat with me. Thank you. We have one more us. thing. Oh, we have one more thing. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, we hear actually it. have the diaper bank. So ah. something that the county does not know about is also that something that are vi- that's very expensive. Diapers. Very expensive. <laughs> oh, we also have formula, um, tampons, pads. We we give it all wipes. out for free. We give it all okay. out for free. Where we, is this diaper bank? So we work with NC Diaper Bank. Okay. Um, they are actually over off of, I believe, North Patterson. Okay. Uh, but they, we are in a partnership together, and we pretty much get, get diapers from size pre, uh, not preschool, I'm sorry, newborn, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the way up into size six, and we also get adult diapers as well. Okay. Um, if you would like to have free diapers, you can always come to our office at 7820 North Point Boulevard, Suite 200. And for the children, just bring in a birth certificate, uh, fill out a small form, and we'll be able to give you a voucher, and you can come, I believe, every every week on wow. Monday, Wednesday, Friday from eight to five, and we have someone there to support you all. That's awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure, kind of learning more about Smart Start. Um, I know our audience definitely learned something new, and we'll have to have you guys on again to to <laughs> chat come about back anytime. Yeah, anytime. to chat about some other initiatives that Smart Start has going on. Absolutely. So, um, I know Marvin said the website. Tell us the website one more time. It is Smart Start dash fc.org all right and you can check them out online so be sure to do that and as always you can find forsyth mags and all of our content online as well smart start actually has a monthly uh, column in our magazine that tells a little bit more about them so be sure to check that out forsythmags.com and that is a wrap for today Thank you, everybody. The views and opinions stated on this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of Forsyth Magazines Incorporated. Ooh, that's a mouthful. <laughs>